0: Welcome to Women of Color Talk Biz Show, Walk, Talk, Biz, a podcast, coming to you from the San Francisco Bay Area in California. I'm your host, Monica Beriga wires I'm a digital content marketer from LA, transplanted to the East Bay this podcast show is a weekly interview style format released every thursday this is a place where women of color listen in on the hidden rules of business how-to strategies and journeys women have taken in their careers and small businesses we'll also explore how to work around bias and be your whole self while still staying professional if you don't give up easily you believe in paying it forward and you don't take your wins or heroes for granted This show is definitely for you. Our allies and expats are included in our shows periodically, especially friends who have been showing up for women, because we believe sustainable, visionary work happens person to person in a community. Join us. Go to walktalk.biz. That's W-O-C, talk.biz. Where you can subscribe to our free podcast, get access to our upcoming community group and speaking topics, or just direct message me on LinkedIn or Instagram.
1: Today, our guest is Estefania Barasante, a Brazilian professional career coach and psychologist with six years of HR experience, and currently stationed in Silicon Valley of California. She's lived in the U.S. since 2019, and after experiencing a struggle with adapting to the U.S., she now coaches other expats around the world on how to adapt as an expat while preparing one's mindset for the work. She also has created an online community called Grow Together to connect and develop Brazilian women living abroad. Today, she gives us tips on removing self-imposed blocks, how to look for work during COVID-19, and how to approach your manager to further grow into projects and work you're really aiming to stretch into. Welcome, Estefania. Hello. So thank you so much for, for coming in on all of this, yeah. you know. I'm um, happy
2: to be here. Yeah.
1: Can you tell us about your background and include the psychology experience that you have as well? So uh, my background, uh, it's,
2: I I like to to tell that it's all around our relationship to work. Mm -hmm. So I have a degree in psychology in Brazil. And even at university, I was always uh, studying around the psychology of work, work psychology. And then I went to work in HR for six years um, in uh, banking, like the biggest bank in Latin America, and then um, startups. Mm-hmm. And after that, I started a project that became my, my company as a professional coach mm-hmm. and now uh, a coach for immigrants, for expats. So mm-hmm. I feel like, psychology and our relationship to work has been the common thread around everything. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and now I'm doing work in my, for myself.
1: Mm-hmm. Are there certain aspects that you find in your industry that people maybe skip over discussing because they don't have the psychology background to consult uh, clients or prospects?
2: Yeah, I think so because uh, coaching, the coaching industry is such a diverse one mm-hmm. and uh, people call themselves coaching coaches and they do different things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you don't have that uh, psychology background or even the human behavior knowledge,
3: mm-hmm. you
2: stay on the first level of you need to do that. You need to. Keep, you are more direct in telling people what they need to do. You are almost like a audiobook. <laughs> you mm-hmm. are repeating uh, good practices. And but and I feel like the most important in coaching is not so much the information that you give, but you you help the person understand what's blocking Mm
3: -hmm. them Mm -hmm.
2: and what motivates them to change
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and after that work the information comes
1: Mm. so what are some very typical things that you see that are blockers for those those people that you talk with that are looking for your assistance Mm -hmm. um i feel like a lot of them is around um,
2: believing in yourself Mm -hmm. in a sense that uh, understanding what you want and having the courage to do it.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: If you are not, for example, if you are in another country or if you want to go to a different industry, if you want to change careers or if you want to go do your own business, so you have to have this self-knowledge but the the courage to Mm -hmm. make something about it Mm -hmm. and the second is connecting with yourself in a sense of there are a lot of noise around us Mm -hmm. about what we think we should be doing what other people are doing Uh, so there is this um, blockage of most people don't even know what they want Mm. Mm -hmm. because they they never took uh, time to think by themselves they were always thinking about their place in society or status and it, it it's a, a common thing I've been there I don't know if you've been there but mm-hmm. there's a work around uh around that you you are dissatisfied but you don't know what it is mm-hmm. that's a, a blockage
1: mm-hmm. so if you were to give kind of like Quick and dirty tips for listeners on how to, like what would you say is something that they could walk away and use today or this week uh, on that specific topic?
2: I feel like um, the first steps uh, to do this work is to understand... um, to connect yourself with who you are. And that begins with looking at people who inspire you and understanding why they inspire you. Maybe it's not because he or she is a CEO, but because she works, she has an impact or she has a voice. So understanding what motivates and inspires you. Mm-hmm. And the second is, I love a, a question that is, uh, "What would you do if you were sure that you would succeed?" Because mm-hmm. that question is simple, but it taps it, it taps into something really. Uh, essential for yourself and takes away fear takes away uh self-doubt and Mm -hmm. other people's expectations so i would yeah i would i would come with these two tips look at people who inspire you and why they inspire you Mm -hmm. and asking yourself what would you do if you were sure you would succeed in life and in your career
1: well. Mhm that 's a wonderful question. I'm I really love that yeah yeah um, and then the first point you made was uh, having the courage to go after your dream or your objectives, yeah. goals. are there anything is there anything that you find works well over and over again with women to mm-hmm. have the courage because you know sometimes we listen to these fantastic speakers in our industries or other industries. We see them on stage. We see them just kind of flawless in a flawless light. And it feels like the bar is so high. Like, Mm. oh my God, I might as well just give up right now because this lady's just so incredible. How would I ever get there? She just looks perfect. So, like that's a that sounds like a courage thing uh you know so how how would you approach that with a, a person you're working with
2: So the first thing that i I like to point out is courage is not a a switch that you turn on or off
3: mm-hmm.
2: It's more like a, a skill or a muscle, if mm-hmm. you may that you practice mm-hmm. so. Start small. Mm-hmm. What is uh, a courageous act for you right now? Maybe is mm-hmm. sending a message to on LinkedIn to somebody that you don't know. Maybe it's taking part on a webinar and asking a question.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Maybe it's, I don't know, listening to your podcast and sending you an email. So mm-hmm. Start small. Mm-hmm. And once you are gaining that that strength, the next step it, it doesn't look that hard because you are um, trained to mm-hmm. get out of your, your comfort zone. And sometimes you will succeed, sometimes you will fail, but it's okay. The practice and the 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 process encourage. Is more important than the result. Mm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Makes sense. And,
2: yeah. And the second thing is don't compare yourself in your first page with somebody on the, I don't know, 20th page. If somebody is a key speaker, if somebody has a business, she has been there for a long time.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and so what i i like to do is to have i don't know maybe look for podcasts or material around how people started and maybe they will tell you all the things that they failed before they succeed Mm -hmm. and um Know that that the person that is there that imp- inspire you, she's been in your, in your shoes. I
3: mm-hmm.
2: mean, I started coaching people in 2015. I was working at a startup, twelve, twelve hours per day, and then going home and, and coaching people. Mm. My first clients were for free, mm-hmm. and I was really scared. I was mm. really scared. I was shy. I thought that I wasn't going to help anybody. But I just I just started doing. Mm-hmm. And then another one and another one and then I began uh facilitating workshops and so it it, it becomes like um it becomes natural for you to mm-hmm. do things for the first time. I mean, podcast is something. I, this is my second uh, podcast
3: mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Uh, recording. So I've never been to, what well, I mean, until two months ago, I've never been to a podcast, especially in another language. Uh, and, but it's not a big deal anymore.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you get good by doing, right? So it's a thing we've been hearing over and over again in, you know, in my studies and industry. Yeah, you just actually people who usually get interviewed on podcast um, generally have already been to many podcasts. Um, So it's it's that kind of world where once people get started, they just kind of hop around and Uh, get really good at it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Okay, that's great. Thank you. Uh, I love those answers. Right now, diversity and inclusion is a hot topic. How can women of color leverage that to pursue their dream job? Um, And should we even be looking for a dream job during a pandemic? I'll answer the second question first, the dream job during mm-hmm. pandemic. I feel
2: like we should always be looking for a dream job uh, in a sense that we should always be looking for the best place or the best work we can do mm-hmm. right now. But that doesn't mean that we should b- blindly, only accept the dream job Mm
3: -hmm.
2: because right now we are doing a economic crisis so maybe you need to take the job that it's available Mm -hmm. because we need to pay our bills (laughs) but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't uh, stop looking or shouldn't uh, stop preparing yourself when the dream job appears you are ready you have the skills, you have the network, you have the material, so mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: like I feel like that's the what we should do right now
1: mm-hmm. So if someone gets um, because of, we are in kind of a different time right now with a pandemic, and people are being more mm-hmm. practical taking jobs that are more practical, maybe not the dream job. yeah what can somebody do uh, during their process if they take a job like that, but they're still, they still have their eyes set on the horizon for that dream job. Uh, What can you do while you're working in that practical job to pay the bills, to keep going? Because once you get into a role, sometimes people find that, well, you're just kind of getting up to speed. You're doing it because you're just going to pay the bills. Maybe 50% of the job is what you want to do. And the other 50% you don't want to do in the future. And you sort of forget you get, maybe you've got children, you got family or you've got a parent you have to take care of or something like that. And um, you kind of lose track of time and, it's hard to get back on, on the bicycle and keep that look, you know, searching for that, that ideal role for the kind of work you truly want to do. I think that there is
2: no one size fits all on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like if you take a practical job, you need to, to really be clear o- on why you took it. Mm-hmm. Is it the learning opportunity or is it only paying the bills or, I don't know, having that on your resume at Company X? And uh, being clear as well on your next step and what you need to do to, do to accomplish that and divide yourself on those, uh, on, on those fronts so one thing is preparing for the next. One thing is working on your job and the other one is preparing. Looking at, at Look at it as it was grad school or an MBA. Like take the time twice a week, once a week, I will learn something or I'll network. So put that on the calendar. And um, another thing is, Look at that practical job and see everything that you can collect from it, learn from it. Because maybe you started with another going in mind, but you managed to make that practical job your own. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm, I feel like mm-hmm. we change so much. And we set our go- our goals not on what we want to do only, but the impact and the the meaning that we see on that dream job, and maybe you can um, find that meaning on a different job. Mm-hmm. 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 Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I have. I have some clients actually that began coaching with me because they wanted to quit their jobs and whatever. Mm -hmm. But once we started working, they realized that actually there were a couple of things that uh, didn't work for them on that company. And they managed to um, work that with their boss or change a project. And in the end, they realized that there is where
1: it was where they wanted to be. Mm, Wow. So how would, how do they go about uh, having that conversation with their manager about changing a project or maybe taking on a different, switching it out for a different project? How do you, what are the typical things you would say to your boss in order to set that up and, And have a little bit more control over the kind of work you're doing or you know coming to some sort of agreement maybe negotiating and like maybe you don't get a hundred percent of what you want but you get a significant chunk that you're you feel happy about Mm -hmm. and you're excited again Mm -hmm. Uh, from my experience
2: i feel like there is um some things that you need to do first before having this conversation with your manager. Mm -hmm. There is a concept that is really interesting that is called job crafting, which is uh, you craft your job without talking to anybody, but you start putting yourself in situations or projects that are more near to what you want to be doing and every company likes a proactive person so if you're not leaving anything behind or you're not uh, not doing something that is important it's normally it's okay for you to start having conversations or having small parts in, in projects that you want to do and after you have this I don't know a couple of months of this experience and of course your manager are taking are looking at that or seeing that you have this conversation that mm-hmm. you are really motivated and you already took part on that project and uh, look at the ideas that you brought and the results and you feel like you're uh, you can make a bigger difference working more on that mm-hmm. ta-da.
1: you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense yeah yeah how long do you think companies will be impacted with hiring freezes due to the pandemic uh, when you keep in mind they may not get more funding from the government through the PPP loan program and the CARES Act um, Because I understand that those loans, they're required to use it for payment in certain parts of the business, including paying for employees to be there. Mm -hmm. So have you heard anything on the ground, you know, in your area, you're in Silicon Valley, um, about how companies are going to manage this Um, and for how long really is, is the main part.
2: We don't have any information about how long because mm-hmm. I feel like until we don't have a vaccine, everything is just out in the air. But I do feel like this uh, hiring freeze it's different for uh, different companies depending on the industry. So mm-hmm. there are industries that um, grow during. Uh, remote working or during um, the this moment of pandemic. There are not other industries that right now are froze, but once everything comes to normal, they will pick up the speed. Mm-hmm. But there are others that even when things go back to normal, quote-unquote, they will take a long time to to be what they were, and maybe they weren't. Uh, one thing that I, I read, for example, uh, if you're looking at traveling industry or uh, especially vacation, uh, it's something that uh, probably would be the last one to, to recover. Because people need to buy their food to be, uh, feel like they don't, will lose their homes, their jobs. Uh, work hard and then after a long time they would think about having a vacation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know so
1: there are some industries
2: that will take a long time to recover
1: sure sure so um from your understanding what have you heard uh what companies or what industries are our most negative, like that, definitely hospitality industry, right? We're in California. We have a huge hospitality industry, uh, wine country, Napa, Sonoma. So like, I'm sure even Southern California, of course, um, I'm sure they're going to take a while to bounce back. Um, But what other industries do you know of uh, that you've heard of that are being really affected or that you're, you and your colleagues have been talking about?
2: Um, I feel like, I don't have a list of industries, but all the industries that are that people need to earn money to spend money, you know, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say like things that are non essential, for example, the makeup industry, the beauty industry, because actually you buy them and you feel good. Mm-hmm. So probably it's something that people will be okay On doing that even though it's not essential Mm -hmm. but the industry that you need to earn money and and feel safe in order to consume whatever it is Mm
3: -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. right and are you servicing um, tech clients right now okay you are and so um, in the tech industry what are they saying about all of this because you've got such a wide range right you've got the large companies mid-size you got the startups what is the general feeling right now that that they've been talking about
2: people are um taking a step back and to understand what's going on and what what are the impacts because Truly, we don't know how, how much longer uh, the the situation is gonna is gonna remain. So, mm-hmm. people are just waiting to see. Mm-hmm. They are cautious, but I feel like the on the first part, uh, people were really scared and frightened mm-hmm. for the business and for uh, the jobs and everything. But right now, people are waiting and making sure everybody are safe. And thinking about how are we keeping everybody remote or not, or some of the companies are already saying we're going to remote until the end of the year, so we don't have to think about that anymore. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, mm-hmm. waiting and see mm-hmm. and being cautious, not optimistic or pessimistic just cautious
1: Mm -hmm. that's the same thing i'm hearing in finance yeah yeah i mean don't go out and make a big purchase unless yeah you know that everything's okay you have to wait and see how things go during financial turmoil so um that aligns
2: yeah and, and that's i think that's is about the hiring freeze as well you won't be hiring a lot of people unless it's really necessary
1: mm-hmm.
2: just because you are waiting to see what comes next.
1: So what was the number one mistake that you regret doing coming to the U S as an immigrant from Brazil? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so
2: I came to the U S last year, my husband was transferred. So we, we packed our bags and came and I, um, the thing is, I already had my business and half of that was online. So I just moved uh, everything online. And I thought I was going to be okay because I didn't need to to give up on my career.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But what happened is that I threw myself at work because that was what I, I, I knew. And then I isolated myself from my surroundings.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: in a sense that I didn't go out of the house I didn't go grocery shopping by myself I didn't drive by myself and I didn't know anybody here mm-hmm. except from my husband and I, I feel like uh, moving to another country that puts you in such an unfamiliar place
3: mm-hmm.
2: and I just hid myself from this unfamiliar place showing myself at work so Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and after 10 months doing that I realized that I didn't feel like I belong here Mm -hmm. because of that because I didn't have the the social relationships I didn't know the cultural aspects because I wasn't living quote-unquote the california life
1: Mm i was at home (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so um so you think it was out of just uh being a bit shy uh to a new area um do you think would you say that was the and and just feeling uh maybe more safe with the work that you had um i feel like when you go
2: to another country it's really um difficult to everything is different mm-hmm. so you need, you, have, you need to have a crash c- course on everything <laughs> and here in the US even I don't know the measurement system is different so
3: mm-hmm.
2: everything was a big deal
3: mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, everything would take uh, twice the time just because we weren't from here our adult life was in Brazil not here. Mm-hmm. and that takes a lot of energy when, when you go to some place that you don't know even if you go to another company it, there is the same energy of learning everything and and then I'm just a part of me just wanted to rest quote unquote not having to to have to learn everything all the time Mm
1: -hmm. so it's like a brain drain yeah
2: and then work was there and work is always a a fantastic excuse right (laughs) 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 (laughs)
1: yeah absolutely um yeah okay that yeah that makes a lot of sense um i went through a little bit of that when i i was in south korea at one point working um yeah it's and when i went to mexico to go visit family just for a month, yeah, you know it's a shock. As for your your senses are in sh- shock mode a bit, and it can be very exciting too. Um, but what do you what do you think or what do you feel helped you break out of that? Uh Did was it did your husband do the same thing? Did he have to break out of that? What were the what was the context of the breakout portion of that for? Him him i feel like he has he didn't
2: have a choice because he was working in a America com- american company so mm-hmm. he needed to be to learn all the mm-hmm. the culture um, smart thing he needed to learn on the spot and for me it was uh, actually after i saw that i was putting myself in a bubble I went to to Brazil for vacation. I went by myself. And when I came back, I decided that I really wanted to make this place a home and build my life here Mm -hmm. in the U.S. So then what were the things that I needed to put in place? Mm. So learning the practical things like, how to drive here, how to, uh, I don't know, go to a community center, have a library card. So really Mm -hmm. participate in the community Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and going to events, meeting people. And afterwards, I I started a project of gathering uh, Brazilian women that were living here. Mm -hmm. Not because we wanted to isolate, but because we wanted to develop ourselves and feel that we belong here. Yeah, it was a a switch moment for me, a mindset that I said, okay, I need to make this work. Mm
1: -hmm. So Mm -hmm.
2: what are the things that I need to put in place to make it work?
1: What's the name of your group?
2: It's called Grow Together.
1: Grow Together. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's, a, it's like basically a social group to help you navigate a new place, living, career, family, everything? Or what does it cover?
2: Um,
1: it's a,
2: a group for, for women. And we have events that we meet and we learn something. And it started with people, with Brazilian women in the Bay Area. But then I realized that could be global. Because the, the topics are the same.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: it's around women empowerment, career and professional skills, and uh, emotional intelligence and health.
1: Mm, wonderful.
2: And Yeah. And we started with being for Portuguese speakers. But actually, the name in English was because I have my my dream <laughs> to be an open community for everybody who wants to talk about these topics. Not so much you need to be a Portuguese speaker.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's similar, I guess, in that way to the expat group that's mm-hmm. built for designed for women in yeah. the city. But men show up. Frequently, for their events yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is awesome, um, and of course it's you know, it's not just for expats. I go all the time and participate, volunteer, but yeah, it's the same. it's uh, similar needs, though, you know, like just developing yourself professionally yeah. and and t- taking care learning self-care during that process, right? Because yeah, sometimes we can turn into workaholics. <laughs> um sure. so what would be your number one advice that you give to anyone who is struggling with be- feeling like they belong whether they're expat or not expat but in the in the context of work or running your business or you know maybe you just move to a new community
2: recently i've been working with a lot of people that are on those transitions and one thing that I saw from them is we carry a confirmation bias about uh, that we are different and we are we don't belong. And everything that's unfamiliar comes as a confirmation mm-hmm. that we don't belong and we are not enough and we shouldn't be here. So we talked uh, before about Blockages. This is a big one for people that are going to a new place or new company or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I feel like uh, a big advice is finding your uniqueness and not so much fit in, but realizing that you can belong doesn't mean that you will be exactly how other people are. You have your uniqueness. Find your community. Mm -hmm. I just, I feel like a lot of the belonging is about the people, not so much the place, the emails or acronyms, Mm -hmm. it's about the people. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: So if you find two, three, four, five, and then you are building Mm -hmm. these these people that are from this group that you want to belong or this city, this company, and you have a real relationship with them, you'll be more comfortable with your uniqueness mm-hmm. and you won't feel the confirmation bias that you don't belong, it will be uh, washed over.
1: Yeah. That makes sense to you? Yes, it does. Um, I It just made me think of something that I've noticed with people from other countries who have come here to work. And that is I hear or get the sense, I've heard people say it, And I get the sense that sometimes their approach to communication in the workplace as an expat is that they're too blunt, um, they're too forward, Uh, Mm. they ruffle feathers in the group because they have a communication style that is just so different, so, so, so different from here in the Bay Area in Mm -hmm. tech companies or, you know, downtown banks and whatnot. And, you know, in a way I, I've always had friends from other places. I've moved a lot myself. So there's a part of that that's very attractive because they say what they think and what they feel Mm -hmm. and they don't hold back. They're real. Um, But for other people that can be an uncomfortable thing culturally for Americans. Um, so what is your recommendation? I, is it just to find a place where you can be yourself or is it to curb your, your way of speaking? What would, you, what would you say to someone who's going through that experience? I feel like different
2: people from different cultures have different difficulties. For example, in, in Brazil, we don't take credit for what we did. So we never say I did that. Mm-hmm. We say we, as a team, did that. Mm-hmm. So there is uh, another thing that can come across as uh, different. I feel like you really need to be mindful to where you are, the culture you are, and the way that people communicate and how they think. Uh, in the U.S., for example, and see that as how you want to adapt your language or not. I think the key to that is really being intentional. You understand the differences. You understand that it's not about me, Estefania, Brazilian, or Monica, American. And it's not about us as people. We're just different ways of communicating. And then think, okay, on this meeting, I need to be blunt, or I need to say something in a nicer way, or I need to take credit for my work and be intentional how you want to communicate.
1: Maybe even writing it out, what you're, what you would say. Yeah, practicing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
2: especially when you go to a meeting or um, I don't know. Yeah, a meeting. You, you think before what you want to communicate and how. Because if you don't, and write it down or practice, because if you don't, you probably will do the way that your culture uh, taught you to. And maybe it's not the best way on that meeting specifically. Maybe it is. And maybe other people can learn from you to be blunt or to be humble. I don't know. I feel that. I feel like you really need to be intentional because especially when we are stressed, we go back to our roots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we bring our cultural way of communicating.
1: How is it that very bold presence works, but a lukewarm, maybe once in a while speaking out and being very bold doesn't work? What's behind that? Do you, do you have any, any say on that or thoughts? I think it
2: depends on the audience. It depends on who is listening and what, how much are they open or not to who is speaking. Mm-hmm. And even though we are, um, we like to think to think ourselves as um, cognitive beings, we are really emotional. And a lot of being open or not to a person is, can I relate to that person? Do I like her? Do I think she's interesting? Do I think that she comes from, a, she has a good heart, she has good intentions? So in a team, and that's why Brené Brown is such a big hit on companies, because she talks about, vulnerabilities and how you can build relationships based on that so i feel like being bold is just a part of it people need to see you for who you are and then when it's time to be bold people will listen to you and but if you are a person that you don't share or you don't have those relationships if you take a bold stand Maybe they will hear you, but maybe they will think that you don't know what you're talking about or mm-hmm. you don't know them because
1: mm-hmm.
2: you don't have that relationship.
1: So building out those relations first yeah. and foremost.
2: Just so you make sure that people listen to you and even if they don't agree, they still think that you come from, a, you have good intentions.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That opens a dialogue. Well, that's, that's a wrap. That was fantastic <laughs> information. Thank you so much, Thank Estefanya. Um, yeah, I love listening to you talk because you really do have some insight. And I actually used to study psychology. And um, so anytime I get an opportunity to hear a professional who has some insight in psychology, it's just fascinating yeah um, so thank thanks you thanks for so having much.
2: me yeah and thanks for opening up the the space and the dialogue yeah yeah, yeah.